You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. About somebody who is um, getting married, let's say, on the 11th of Tavis. Okay. He fasts Asar Tavis. Does he have to pass two days in a row? Right? There's people, for example, who get married the day after Tisha B'Av. I know of them. Um, I was at a wedding uh, last year, the day after Tisha B'Av, Mamish. So do the, does the couple have to fast? So let's see what Rabbi Belsky says. Rav Moshe Feinstein, who Rav Belsky refers to as Rabin Shal Yisrael. Shishtadlu b'kol Rav Moshe understood that it's difficult, but he said they should try to fast, even if it's two days in a row. Because a tainus is it, it, it does a lot. It's according to Sfarim Akdashim, it means a lot for the couple. So the only way you really get out of the fast, whether it's a day that we usually don't fast, like a Rish Chodesh or something like that. Or if they really are weak. And then, Rav Moshe says, they should eat a little bit. And just enough, they have enough energy that they're not plotting. I have seen kalas that were that, that did not look so good. I'm not saying that they weren't pretty, but I'm saying you could tell that they were weak from fasting. Uh, I have seen that before. Um Maybe Hassanim too, but uh, I, I, I have uh, noticed that. Um, now, let's say you know about yourself that, you know, you're setting the date for the wedding. Oh, it's the day after Tisha B'Av. Oh, boy, I, I, that's going to be hard. So even though they're eating, uh, the, you know, Motsay Tisha B'Av, so what are you supposed to do? And you can only get the hall that day. That's the only day that her, it works out with her calendar. So here, Rav Belsky is Machria. If it's going to be only one day, then then just fast Tish above and don't fast the day of the wedding or the day before the wedding. It's, it's only a minute. Um. And you know why? Because you never know. Let's say Tisha B'Av, you'll fast. You're going to break your fast, and you're going to feel like a new person. Boy, I feel great. I fasted. I'm strong. Maybe I could do it. And maybe I can do another day. And if, So therefore, Rebelsky says that if, if you're looking at the calendar, say there's no way. All right. So assume you're not fasting, but don't be surprised if after you fast that first day, you end up saying, wow, now I've got the strength to do it. He says, and, and this way I can be really, and, 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 and like he says, it's almost like you're with God on the second day. You know, you're waiting to get married. Because you're amod beheich Um, you know, when I was, uh, a 
I, I forgot how old I was, but I wasn't, <laughs> maybe I was 30. I'm not sure. Perhaps I was 30 already. Um, I was asked to be Masada Kedushin by um, one of my Talmidim. And uh, boy, I took out the Sefer Nesu and Kilchosei, and I spent a couple of weeks going through it. And I was still very nervous about it. And I've been Masada Kedushin a couple of times. But the truth is, you really should say no if you were someone like, I should have probably have said no. But he was flying me in for the wedding and he said, you're my rabbi. So um, should, should should we allow people that don't really know Hilchas Kedushin cold? Because the Gemara says in Davov and Kedushin, kol she'eno yodea, betiv gitin v'kedushin if you don't really know well the laws of Gideon Kedushin, you shouldn't be involved in them. So normally that's, we understand about Gideon. You don't want somebody who doesn't know the laws of Get writing your Get, because it could be she's still a nation's ish. That would be the worst thing. But Baba and Kedushin as well. Um, so Rebelsky says, look, generally you need to really be to know the laws that have to do with what's happening at the moment. You don't need to know all of Evan Ezer or Hilchos Kedushin to be a Masada Kedushin. The Machaber, when he says the rationale, says, What's the reason why you have to be an expert? Because okay, easily you might have, you might just have allowed someone who is not supposed to be mutter. And there's going to be mamzerim. Um, okay. Um, basically, w- w- what's going to be? Basically, you're paskening. Let's say you're paskening. Are we allowed to get married? Um, I don't know. Maybe it was a marriage. Maybe it was a divorce from before. But that's not what the Masadri Kedushin are doing. They're not poskening Shilas or David Feinstein, that's all. Right? Basically, what are they saying? They just have to know how a Kedushin is supposed to happen. I always had a question on it because I, I ended up tending a, a chasana, um, but I had my doubts on whether the people really should be halachically getting married. But I, I mean, I'm not a posik and I'm not a, you know, I'm not going to. So that's. Okay, so that's a good question. Um, sometimes the Masada Kedushin has to get involved with knowing, hmm, are you, are you, did, you know, did your first, your, did your mom get a divorce from her first husband, right? Um, and if she didn't, you know, the child might be a mamzer, right? And that, also that, in Bali Chuva, where the, the husband's a coin and the wife has, perhaps intimate with Goyim or something before they got married, you know. Right. So, so, um, so, so that would, the, the worst that would do, Sheila, is make the child well, a cholo. And then the question is whether, if it's a cholo, whether she should get, if the boy is, if the, if the girl is a cholo, the question is whether she should be married to a Koyan or not. I don't know if that was but the case. But isn't that an Avera for every minute they're married? Yeah, okay. But, 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 but that's just the parents, right? Right. It's not, well... It's not Mamzeris, but it's still. Yeah, that wouldn't be Mamzeris. That, that that would be a problem if she's marrying a Cohen. But normally, 
Um, normally, the, the, the Masada Kedushin doesn't make such calls. I have been involved in situations where I had to figure out um, the lineage of the, again, I was involved in the sweating in a pretty deep way. And we had to, I had to make a number of calls and there were weddings that were supposed to happen that I was involved in. So sometimes the Masada Kedushan and people do get involved with that. But generally, you're not poskening under the chuppah. You know, again, you need to know, is this ring and how to say it, how to fill in the ksuva. So the Taz says, the Taz opens the door for a lot of young people like I was at that time to be a Masada Kedushan. However, the Shfus Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Reicher, writes that, no, if you're Masada Kedushan, you have to be Bucky. Because, okay, are you sure these Adam are kosher? There's a, there's a lot of problems that could come up. So therefore, you got to be cold. You have to really know your stuff. So, so, so far, it's the Machlekes, the Taz, and the Yaakov. Now, the Rav Belsky, who did research on this topic, discovered that most people call the Rabbi Yaakov Reisher and say you should really be a Baki. And don't assume, well, nothing bad is going to happen. Um, and that's why um, in many cities in Europe, you couldn't be Masada Kedushan unless you had a special Ksav from the Rav of the city that you had a, you're allowed to do it. Now, however, how big of an expert do you have to be? Kol Hilchas Kedushin? That can't be. Um, why? Because who really is an expert in Evan Ezra that way? Ramosha Feinstein, Rabbi David Feinstein. You're not going to find someone who's such an expert. But what should you do? Prepare. If you know you're the Masada Kedushan, you should have some familiarity with this topic. And you should know it, Achi Yodam Agas. Um, you don't have to know about Shtar. You don't have to know about Kedusha because that's not happening. But you need to know Psuliatis. So in other words, if a person is prepping, he needs to know, because you never know who they're going to set up as an aide. You don't know till the Kedushan who he wants to be his Adam. And you're not sure if those people are considered kosher. And, of course, you need to know exactly how to fill in the ksuva. You have to know exactly how the kinyanim work. Those halachos, a person who is Masada Kedushan, should be quite aware of. And if he doesn't, he's just, oh, this is the chassan's brother. Oh, aren't you happy? No, <laughs> that's not good enough. Um, one of the things when I was uh, Masada Kedushan, is I made sure, the number of times I've done, I haven't done that often, but I've done it a couple of times, is I made sure that there, that the chassan is able to rent the chuppah and even to actually have to rent the yichud room and sometimes to rent the hall where the chuppah is happening. Bidiyevid, uh, he doesn't have to rent, you don't, again, the rental is obviously uh, like you do by Mechiras Chomets. But the rental can only be just the stand where the the chosen and kawa are standing under. That is technically in the reshus of the chosen, the yichud room. 
should be in Rishus Nachasen. And I remember when at one of the weddings that I was being Masada Kedushin at, um, the, the owner of the hall wasn't there. And there was a little bit of an issue of how if we were able to find that person. So is that something which should always be done? So Rebelsky says that that should be done. And the Chassan himself, or he can appoint someone to to do the rental for him. Why? Why is that so important? Because what does it mean when you set up a chuppah? The Rosh writes in in in, in his parish Masech the Sukkah that in that in the courtyard they put up a, a special place, and that's where the Chosn and Kala go. So that's sort of the house of the Chosn. So it's got to be the Chosn's house. Then in Shulchan Aruch it talks about going after the chuppah into a cheder and to eat a little bit there. That's yichud. Um, that also is considered the beginning of of married life. So that has to be the chosen's house. Now, according to the Rambam, the Rambam holds that when they go into that room and nobody is there, that's what makes the Kedushan. Not standing under the chuppah. Um, so even though we make all the brachos, according to the Rambam, till you go into the Yichud room together, and now you could have had sexual relations with her. And that's why, again, according to the Rambam, Again, it has to be chupas nida is a big issue because if she, if she if she's in nida and you can't have sexual relations with her, so the chupa doesn't work. So again, we're so much, of course, on a, again the Rambam is a das yochid here, but still it's possible that that chupa they're definitely married. There's no question about it. Question is, has nisuin taken place? Has nisuin taken place or not? According to the Rambam, it hasn't. So therefore, obviously, for Nesuin to take place, there has to be that room, has to be owned, sort of has to be like the Chosen's house. Um, Taisus holds, not like the Rosh, Taisus says, when does Nesuin take place? So Taisus says, Nesuin takes place when the Chosen covers the Kawa's face, which is what we call the Badekin. So, if you take a look at all those shittas about what chuppah is, so the rush, according to the rush, it's this it's this gazebo that they used to make for the chosen and kala. Yeah. Okay. Come and come and take her. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, now, what's the reason, of course, now, if it's a house, um, it's not much of a house, is it? The chuppah, right? Um, Especially when they used to make it in the courtyard, 
right? So it's basically like a, it doesn't, it doesn't have any walls. So Rebelsky has an interesting Kiddush here. He says maybe um, that's one of the reasons why you go around seven times. Um, and therefore, uh, going around seven times is almost like the wall of the house. Now, she becomes the walls of the house. Like it's open. There is a, there's a roof over it, but there's no, there's no walls. Chazal say, Hashari below Isha, Shari below Choma. You don't have a wife. It's like, okay, you, maybe certain things you're protected from, but the main things you really are, are missing. Um, and therefore, Ravelsky says that's why there's a minig, why we have the chuppah the way it is. To say that she completes the house. She doesn't just complete it. She represents the home of the house. So when she goes around seven times, it's like she's creating a wall. Now, um, where do you see that principle? Well, take a look in Yericho, right? What happened when they went around Yericho seven times? So, so when they go around seven times, that's like the wall, there the wall went down. So you could see that by going seven times, it's like you're creating a wall. So therefore, that was the uh, idea. That's a beautiful, uh, I don't know if you've heard this before, but that's a very nice savara of why we do that. And it doesn't, it's not even based on Kabbalah. Um, now, Obviously, uh, unless he owns that hall or owns the poles or owns the the, the canopy, he's not he's not really the husband. He's not he's not bringing her into his house. So therefore, he needs to have schirus. Um, And if you hold the cheder yichud, like like the shulchan aruch, that that's where they go into the cheder yichud, and that's where the chup is. Of course, you need to rent the spot. Now, according to the Rambam, you you know I, I misspoke before. According to the Rambam, it's not that you took her into your house; it's that you went into a place that we presume you had sexual relations with her. So according to the Rambam, you don't really need to be socher. Uh, like the Shulchan Aruch, that it's, it, it's, you sit there and you eat and etc. So it has to be your house. It's like you're starting to play house, meaning not <laughs> in a sexual way, but you're starting to, to eat together. So you have to own that spot. According to the Rambam, you don't need to own it. So... Therefore, uh, all you need is to make sure it's a yichud. The same thing, l'chora, uh, if you, if you say, like Taisvis, that the way the chuppah occurs is by covering her face, so you wouldn't need either to be able, <laughs> there you wouldn't have to rent anything, you know, you cover her, her face, that shows that she's now under your dominance or control, or she's now part of your household. Anyway, so Rebelsky says, if you look at the rationales of what chuppah is, obviously the best thing is to rent the spot of the chuppah, and also to to rent technically the cheder yichud. 
Now, what about people who don't rent, the is not in the hall. It's somewhere outside. Well, the Ramah says, right in Ebenezer, that that is the best way. The best way is to have the chuppah outside, because that's a simen bracha. In fact, in Germany, that they follow the Ramos psokim to the T, they always were koveya the chuppah, not in the shul at all, but was always in the outdoor spot to the shul. So, how did they do that then? So, the way it worked was, the, the people who ran the community had control over the shul area. I'm not sure what gave them control, but somehow the leaders of the community stood for the whole community, and they would make a, um, a Kenyan to the Chosun. So the Chosun would now own this spot, which used, which belonged to the community as, as a whole. They would give the Chosun legal rights on that spot. Um, and that way, they could, the, it would be the Chosun, it would be the Chosun's yard. And you could also be Makayim the Ramah, that it's not in a house, but it's outdoor and you have the bracha of the great outdoors. That's the way it was in Germany. Rav Belsky, when he visited England, saw that that's the way it was. And he said that, that in Poland they did it that way, in Hungary, in Russia, in Lita, everyone did it that way. And supposedly, although he wasn't sure, he said, or he did see it, he says that the Neretz Yisrael, that is the way they're doing it also, having the weddings outside. And they give a they give the chosen bylus. Now, in America, he has seen that they started making chuppas in the street. In other words, in the street in front of the shul. Now, there, if it would be the shul's backyard or it belonged to the community, so there's a way the chosen can become the baal. But if you're going to make the chuppah in the street, you can't be makna that spot to, to any individual. It's owned by the municipality of New York. And Ravelsky said, when he asked about it, people said, Oh, this is the way we did it in Europe. We did it outside. <laughs> but they, those are Amaratsim. They don't realize. Oh, this is what we used to do. Remember, we always had the chup in the street. Um, they didn't realize that in the cities in Europe, in the ghettos and these other areas, those places were not technically part of the, Yes, they were in the big city, but they were owned by the community. And therefore, you could you could be machnet to the chosen. And um, that is what he hopes people will still do. So would it be a better thing in Chutzlaretz to basically have it in the yes. wall itself? And because yes. then you can yes. machnet. Yeah. Right. In other words, if you can't have it, if, you know, if you can't have it uh, outside, in a, in a hall, if there's no yard, 
So you're right, Sheila. It would be better to have it in the shul. Now, what what they've done in many shuls is um, is they have like a um, um, a skylight. So this way you can get the bruch of the Ramo. This is the Ramo is Makbid. They they put a skylight there, so technically they open up the skylight, so you're you are in a way standing sort of outside. Um, uh, when you do rent the spot, Ravelsky says that you have to again figure out exactly who you're supposed to rent it from. Sometimes, um, if you take a look in the contract for the wedding, let's say it's the, 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 the Kawa's father signs the contract. So they sometimes put into the contract this halachic idea that the, that for this period, it's being rented. The whole hall is being rented by the Kawa's father. And he is responsible for damages, whatever, for the whole time of the wedding. So the chosen has to go to his father-in-law-to-be and rent the place of the chuppah and the place of the yichud room. And, and he has to say, I'm renting it, so I'm the one who's using it for myself. He says, Rabelsky says, in some of the contracts, it doesn't say anything about renting the space. It just says that this contract means that you can have the wedding here and that I'm allowing you to have a wedding and this is what it's going to cost and you can cook in the kitchen. So then you need to call, and this is what we had a question, you need, you need to call the owner of the hall, the people who own the hall, and it's only from them. Many times the people who own the hall aren't around and you deal with the caterers. Um, and, and Ravelsky then therefore says that, uh, you know, sometimes what you should do is maybe, if it's not clear how the contract, what's the meaning of the contract, because sometimes it's implied that the, 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 whoever made the deal, the father of the bride or the father of the, of the groom together, the chosen should rent from both. And even though he's got plenty to do, he has one of his uh, shoshvinim, one of his best men, so to speak, be involved in it. So that's really, Birz Hashem, we should have simchas. But... Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.